Hello Skillets, welcome back to Cast Iron, the podcast all about rock and metal, where we take a singular album every episode, go deep dive and see what it's about. I am Lewis Clark from uh, UK Scum Scene and Save Driven and other bits and pieces, Cranston I guess, and I'm joined as always by my lovely friend Alan Williamson. Hello Alan. Hello Lewis. Right, so we had a bit of an interesting one this time, so I decided I wanted to do some Mastodon. And you gave me two options. I for, first of all, I, um, I shook my fist in glee. I thought, finally, <laughs> we're finally doing Mastodon. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I'm a really big Mastodon fan. Uh, we give you two options. And, yeah, you did. Um, yeah. So you gave me Leviathan, and you gave me Crack the Sky. And uh, yeah, I listened to both. Gave them both a good, a, a, a fair shot first before I decided to commit to a singular record and. Yeah, I liked Leviathan, don't get me wrong, but I feel like it's a little bit, uh, it's got its style, it's got its structure very down, every song is uh, quite similar in that regard, and as much as I enjoyed it, I definitely favoured Crack the Sky, because I just liked the variety of it, I think it was a little bit more interesting. You so, said that um, you said to me that uh, Leviathan, they had their foot on the gas the whole time. Yeah, I think that was the way you uh, you met you described it whenever we were um, instant messaging about it. Yeah, absolutely. And the the thing for me as well with that record was vocally, it is just that sort of growly sort of heat like singing the entire time, and with very little you know like divergence from that at all. Like it's it's you get one sound and you get it across the entire record, which is fine. Like that's uh, there's there are certain bands that can do that, but. Uh, for me personally, after listening to Crack the Sky, I was just like, okay, there's a lot more to discuss here, and I, I was very much into it. Yeah, and even though I gave you a choice, it was a um, it was a bit of a, not quite a Sophie's choice, but it was yeah, very yeah. heavily weighted. I'm giving you a choice, but I really want you to pick Crack the Sky, uh, because, <laughs> because Leviathan um, was Mastodon's sophomore album after remission, and that was where they hit it big, and that was where I yep. first heard Mastodon, um, mm. was through Leviathan, and it was a friend who actually wasn't really that into metal he had said oh you need yeah, to check this yeah. out um especially tracks like blood and thunder which most people have heard um which, which i think is probably like you know one of the best um one of the best metal songs of the past couple of decades oh it's the riff um, in blood and thunder is amazing isn't it uh, along with like iron tusk uh, and stuff like yep. that and it's but it is, we'll, we'll certainly get into some of the stylistic differences but it is a lot of um brent hines vocal deliveries um, a lot of all, all hands to the tiller, and it's, I mean, it's a concept album about Moby Dick, so it's still yeah. got its proggy weirdness. Uh, but after mm. that, they did Blood Mountain, then they did Crack the Sky, and then I'm going to go through memory and see if I remember the rest. After that, after this one, they did The Hunter, then they did Once More Round the Sun, then Emperor of Sand, and then Hushed and Grim, which is their most recent one that came out last year. It was a double album, yeah. ooh, double albums, ooh. Um, but yeah, so. As we, as we have discussed, the choice for this episode was Mastodon's Crack the Sky.
So yes, Alan, uh, how have you been, and what have you been up to, really? Like, uh, what have you been listening to? I guess is the is the big thing at the moment. Oh, all sorts. So, uh, so we've just been on a road trip to the yep. Central West. We went to the Parks Radio Telescope, and on the way there, um, I had to get up and really get moving because we wanted to beat the traffic out of Sydney. Yep. So it was like seven o'clock in the morning. I was making coffee and had Iron Maiden's Two Minutes to Midnight cracking. <laughs> and um, so I had the uh, new wave of British heavy metal essentials playlist going. <laughs> but most recently, I have been listening to the tracks released from the, the Halo Effect album, Days of the Lost, which is yes. a new super group, which is basically everyone you like from In Flames, plus um, Michael Stana. Um, yep. from Dark Tranquility and the first three tracks have been excellent yeah yeah no I, I really enjoyed the new single I think that has instantly rocketed high up onto my most wanted list for this year um, looking forward to that record a lot um, what else have I been listening to uh, I've listened to the new Meshuga album Immutable which is okay but I think not their finest work but yeah, enjoying I've a band middling called, things uh, with that one but enjoying a band called Night N-I-T-E uh, they okay. have a it's kind of like a uh, blackened new wave of British heavy metal. It's called uh, Voices okay. of the Cronian Moon. That's pretty fun. That uh, sounds really cool. And I have listening to the new Animals as Leaders, which is pretty good, but acquired taste. Yeah. Tried the new Monuments album on Friday. It seems very good at first spin, but that mm-hmm. was in the car, and our car has no bass frequencies coming out of the, <laughs> uh, out of the speakers. And I've been enjoying the new Ghost album as well, which is quite different from them. It's a bit yeah, more stadium rock. very well. It's yeah, very, yeah. very different, um, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's um, definitely hard to hard to dislike. So quite a lot, mm. and um, there's a there's a lot on the horizon. There's that um, Ibaraki album, which is um, it is Matt Heafy from Trivium, his black metal. Oh yeah, project. he's a black metal and, product with his son, isn't it? And he re- yes, and he well, there's a, a track he released called Ronin, which is Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance on it, which is very good actually. It's quite fun. Wow. Um, so okay. that's that's going to be a really interesting one when it comes out. There's new Rammstein coming out this year. Malevolence have a new album coming out this year. Uh, they're a lot of fun. New Porcupine Tree. There's a, there's a lot. There's new Coed and Cambria. Oh, boy. It sounds yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Weird from the first few songs. I'm not sure if I'm going to like it, but <laughs> I've, got, I've got high hopes. So there is there's a lot. There's a lot coming out this year. And there's also meant to be, at some point, a new Nebula Scaris album. Uh, all kinds new Moontooth album Moontooth are pretty fun there's a Mm. lot there's a lot coming out this year I think we have reached the end of the COVID restrictions in terms of recording and even just you know manufacturing and mastering so there's a lot of albums coming out now absolutely yeah no it definitely feels like um, the there was a big delay on vinyl production and things like that but I was pushing an awful lot of things back and I think now that's sort of like Maybe maybe the delay is still there, but I think the stuff that got delayed is now finally coming out, essentially, yeah. which is what's happening there. Um, but yeah, myself, um, I've been listening to a lot of Dillinger Escape Plan, really uh, kind of missing them at the moment. Uh, I listened to Option Paralysis again for the first time in ages, and that really just, oh, what a band. I really miss them a lot. Uh, off the back of that, I was, I was re-listening to Distrage, who I don't know if I've ever introduced you to, but they're basically... Between the Buried and Me meets Sixth, I guess, sort of techie mm. kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if you'd like it. Further listening back in the day, like in the back yeah. in the Sixth album, probably, most probably. But yeah, no, I'm very much enjoy going back to, to giving them a listen. I, I discovered the Prodigy for the first time recently. <laughs> right. I know that seems like a bizarre thing to discover this late in you know my 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 listening career, um, but no, I, I just 
I, I, I found the DVD which has all the music videos on it in a charity shop, and I was just like, oh yeah, I really like the Prodigy. Maybe I should listen to more of the Prodigy and realise, um, wow, yeah, the Prodigy are pretty fantastic, aren't they? Um, and then the other thing was the most recent Full of Hell album, uh, Garden, Garden of Burning Apparitions, which is grindcore, and it is intense and very in your face, and it mixes a lot of sort of like power electronics into it as well. Um, so it's just this wall of noise. Uh, very, very good record. I, I absolutely adore Full of Hell, and everything they do is fantastic in my eyes. But um, yeah, I hadn't got around to that one, and that came out late last year. I have been listening to a lot of Mastodon as well, it has to be said. And, yeah, and well, I started I mean, to make notes on both albums uh, because okay. I, I decided to hedge my bets and, and write a little bit about both. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know what I my think liner notes are for Leviathan because I, I, don't, know, <laughs> I don't know if I tossed them um, or if uh, if they are kept there. But um, yeah, if anybody wants to talk Leviathan, you know, in a bonus episode. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Like, like it's, not off, it's not off the cards, mate. It's not off the cards. <laughs> but um, so, so Mastodon uh, normally get called like a, a sludge metal band or yep. stoner metal band with a bit of prog stuff. And I think they started off very sludgy and then yep. they've gradually incorporated more proggy and, and weird space rock and psychedelia elements. Yep, yep. Um, and you'll hear a bit of that on, on Crack the Sky. There's quite a lot of that in there. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. But... Um, they're interesting in that they verge between sludgy and heavy, and also sometimes some albums can be quite quite light and poppy. The Hunter yeah. and Once More on the Sun are quite poppy albums. Uh, Emperor of Sand is really weird space stoner rock stuff, and Hushed and Grim is probably the closest they get in sound to Crack the Sky since this album, which was a 2009 release. Yeah. So that's um, they they're an interesting bunch, and I think they probably are one of the most popular. Um, and most critically acclaimed modern metal bands. I can't think yeah, of yeah, any no, bands that have been around, you know, when that have, I guess, formed recently that it would be as popular as, as Mastodon. Mm, absolutely. And I think as well, um, they pretty much had the same lineup their entire career. I know that's kind of a rarity yeah, with, um, with, with modern metal bands. Um, I think there may have been uh, a little bit of a change in their early days, but um, maybe just one member or something. But um, yeah, no, there's pretty much the same four guys the entire entirety of their career making music anyway well there is um, one change and- one change slight change to the lineup is that crack the sky is the first album where brand dealer the drummer sings um, okay and before that um certainly leviathan i think a lot of it's um mostly brand tines um and i I'll be, yeah. i've got a got some liner notes for the first track so you can pick out who's who's singing at what points um, yep, yep. So the band is Brand Dealer, who's a drummer. You got uh, Brand Hines, who is the lead guitarist, and he does the more, uh, for one of a better term, sort of southern drawl heat vocals. Yep, yep. Uh, mm-hmm. You got Bill Kelleher, who's a rhythm guitarist and does no singing. And you've got Troy Sanders, who's the bassist, um, yes. and um, he does more of the the clean. So Brand does the the really clean, higher pitched stuff. Um, yep, yep. Troy is also quite clean, uh, but he's probably a lower, slightly lower range. And then Brent mm-hmm. is more the the grotty heat vocals. So this is the first album when Brent actually sings, and I guess there's a reason for that because this album is a is a weird concept album. Because you know I like my weird concept albums, and yep, it's kind of yep. about two things. It's there is a it's allegedly about czarist Russia and wormholes and a, and a paraplegic okay. goes through <laughs> back through time. But you don't really need to worry about that. What mm-hmm. it is more about it's. There's a subtext about Bran's sister, Sky, who took her own life when she was age 14. Right. Okay. And um, so uh, 
what uh, Bran had said during the release of the album was he said, my sister passed away when I was a teenager and it was awful. And there's no better way to pay tribute to a lost loved one than having an opportunity to be in a group with my friends and we make art together. Her name was Sky. So Crack the Sky means a lot of different things. For me personally, it means the moment of being told you lost someone dear to you. That moment's enough to crack the sky. So there's kind of two things going on and that's part of the reason why the vocals are, like it's the first time Bran's doing some of those vocals. Um, yeah, yeah. And some of the tracks have this weird plot about the the guy secondly traveling back through time and space. Um, but some of it's actually really personal. So it's, it's a yeah. very interesting setup for a concept album compared to Leviathan, mm. which is just straight up, it's Moby Dick. Um, yeah. <laughs> Emperor of Sand's about... Um, I think Emperor of Sand is, is something... It's it's a sort of meditation on I think one of the band members' wives had cancer or one of the band had cancer, but it's about, okay. um, but it's about this guy who gets exiled from a kingdom and cursed or something. It's really <laughs> weird. Um, so this, but this was, um, this is one of their, their, their trippier concept albums um, as opposed to some of the more you know, straight up ones that they've done. Um, yeah. So that's the kind of context um, coming into this. And, okay. um I guess we should just get into it, shouldn't we? We should, we should just get yeah, into it and see we if um, I'll always say this, but if you don't like this album, this could be this could be the the moment enough to crack the sky. This could be the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I won't bury the lead, but we'll 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 get to that when we finish up. But yeah, we kick things off with track for, track one, which is Oblivion. So, Oblivion then. Um, yeah, nice thrashy riff. Uh, instantly reminded of Gojira, actually, on the start, mm-hmm. on the start mm-hmm. of this. Um, I think, so yeah, there's like three members sharing vocal duties. Um, yes. But it's like mostly singing on this record, which I, which I was really taken with, especially after listening to Leviathan, which was mostly screaming or growling. Um, so yeah, I, I was very much taken by that. It, it, it helped elevate the songs because as much as the instrumentation is fantastic, don't get me wrong, I love the Leviathan instrumentation, um, songs were very similar from song to song. And I think just having that extra vocal melody really helps differentiate the tracks on this record. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's, it stands out against the sort of crunchy instrumentation, which is really cool. Um, I really enjoyed the nice moody solo in the middle eight of this one. I thought that was really cool. And the whole song itself has a very sort of ethereal, sort of like stoner metal quality to it. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was a, a strong opener. Really enjoyed it. Um, those are my main notes on that one. I don't know if you want to add anything, Alan, on that one. Oh, what an opener. So yeah, yeah. I, I think this is the third best Mastodon opening track. I think their, okay. best, their best album opener has got to be Blood and Thunder. Yeah, uh, yeah. And my second favorite Mastodon opener is Black Tongue off, um, off The Hunter. And this is okay. probably the third and then I guess yep, yep. fourth is probably uh, Sultan's Curse of Emperor of Sand. It's very fun too. Um, cool. Start quite slow and ominous. And it builds in his bone-crushing riff. It's really yeah, fast, yeah. chugging. Mm. Um, yep, yep. And then by the chorus, you've got that classic. One of their kind of classic sounds is this, like this bendy southern rock style. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Uh, and also there, so their kind of signature sound is a lot of bendy southern rock intricate yeah. riffs and rolling military drum fills. And Brian Dealer was yeah, originally, yeah. I think he was a trained jazz drummer. Um, and you, you can certainly hear, hear a lot. His you can really hear absolutely. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you hear a lot of the yeah, yeah. mega fills. So the singers are, um, so Brian Dealer is doing the verse. He, he okay. opens up with the uh, I Flew Beyond the Sun Before It Was Time. That's him. Yep, yep. Troy Sanders is doing the bridge. The, the, the how can I tell you that I failed? That's Troy Sanders. Yep, yep. And Brent Hines is the chorus. He's a frown and frown. He's the kind of yeah, yeah. He, he's got that southern sound because they're a, they're a Georgian band, so they are they are from the south. And yep, yep. What what I love about Oblivion is you think you know what it's about. You think that you know, you've got really strong verse, then you've got that chorus, um, yep. and then it goes back to it, and you think, okay. I get the idea of what's going on here. And then there's this huge overdriven breakdown about the four minute 28 mark, which you, yeah. which you think is the end. And then it kind of swoops back up and it goes into the chorus again. And I just never yeah, get yeah. tired of that bit in that song ever. I no, no, the structure is l- fantastic. I love the solo and I love that. Incredibly heavy breakdown. It's so good. It's so good. And, um, Jess and I were listening to this in the car on the way home today. Uh, and yep. she said, is this your favorite track in the album? And I just said, this is the track of the year every year. This is, this is the track. <laughs> this, is, this is the song. <laughs> Don't spoil your favorite choice or straight hey, away, like, man. <laughs> it's, uh, maybe, maybe I have a different favorite one. There's, like, there's, a, okay, lot of, there's, okay. a, lot, there's a lot of favorite bits on here. But, um, but, but yeah, I absolutely love Oblivion. I think it's a an awesome opener to the track and gives you an idea of what it's going to be like which is yes it's going to be heavy bits but the fast bits also like you said these weird ethereal ominous bits to it yeah it's absolutely an, it's such an interesting song no no I, I agree completely I really really enjoyed it and I thought it was a really strong opener okay we'll move on to track two then which is Divinations So I thought the uh, banjo intro is quite an inspired choice on this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, another excellent riff in the verses of this. I thought that was uh, just a really powerful choice. Uh, vocals are more screamy on this. Um, so I'm assuming this is a, um, what is it, Brent Hines, did you say? There's kind of this. The yeah, I think Brent Hines is doing the verses in this one. And mm. um, they the the bridge bit where he's singing no escape that's that's troy sanders or it's either troy right. or bran but yeah, yeah i'm not yeah. i haven't broken down every single one but there's there's three of them they're singing different bits um and there's yeah. also a guest vocals from from scott kelly on the track crack the sky but oh um, yeah he, he he features on a few records with them yes yeah, he's from he's Neuro- on most, neurosis most of theirs Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm not, um, honestly, I'm not familiar with Neurosis, but I'm familiar with him being on a lot of the Mastodon albums. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I really enjoyed the chorus on this one. I think the singing is absolutely fantastic. Uh, very suitably sort of grandiose, really elevates the song. Um, and the solo in the middle eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a bit of yeah. um, it's got a bit like Miserloo in it, doesn't it? It's got a bit of yeah, dick yeah, deal yeah, to absolutely. it. Absolutely. I can I can I can hear that completely. Yeah, no, I mean like like you say, that you can hear that sort of classic rock influence on them. And I'm pretty sure as well, um I don't know if you follow the channel Two Minutes to Late Night on YouTube. Uh it's been a real like 
cor- um, a real comfort view over the the the, the lockdowns and things. Uh, they basically do bedroom covers of songs with like supergroups, and they just invite loads of people in and, and create a supergroup every time. And Brent Hines did a mountain cover recently, which was really cool with with them. And that's you can hear you can obviously hear he's got a, a, a real love for that sort of southern rock. Um, so yeah, it's really it's really cool to see his influences and things. But yeah, um, Divinations is fantastic. I think it's the shortest song on the record. Uh, it's, it's kind of in and out, doesn't muck around, gets everything, uh, gets all its ideas on the tables very quickly. Uh, I had a great time with Divinations. I think it's a fantastic song. This one's a fucking banger, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I love that it keeps up the momentum right off the back of Oblivion, which is a fairly long yeah. opening track. Uh, more Absolutely. bendy, noodly riffs. I particularly like the, the new Escape riff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. And, and the chorus is good with him just screaming "Fire in the eye." <laughs> it's so good. The whole, the whole thing yeah. is just beastly. Beastly. Yeah, no, it's a really, really good song. I, I, yeah, I, I think by this point I was just like, okay, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna be good with Mastodon. We're gonna, think, we're gonna have a good time with this. We're gonna, gonna have a good time with this album, totally. But yeah, um, not much to say about that one because it's like I say, it's the shortest song on the record. But I very, very much enjoyed it. So we move on to track three, which is Quintessence. So, um, speaking of Dillinger earlier, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the guitar work on this one is very mathy, actually, and the vocals actually reminded me a lot of Greg Pucciato from Dillinger Escape Plan. Um, okay. So instantly I was just like, okay, you've got me again, you've grabbed me, there's something here I can latch onto. Um, I really like the thrashy sort of, uh, let it go, let it go, let it go. refrain, that's really <laughs> yes. fun. Um, I, that's, that's awesome fun. And it's, I like the back and forth as well between the sort of mathy lead guitar and then you get like a big chunky riff. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, I love the structure of this one. I thought it was, um, doing a lot of interesting things. And again, it's, it's different from the last track, different from the previous one, you know? Always this some, one trying is something getting new a bit weirder. It's getting yeah. a bit weirder. Uh, it's still, it's still full of energy, especially in the chorus, which I, which mm. I love and think is a really, really nice uplifting piece of music. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And then you get that, breakdown that big sort of spacey stonery breakdown oh it's just yeah no again i was just loving it to be honest i think this is just i, I love their structure of their music i think they're doing really interesting things um the 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 variety of vocal styles just keeps it in, engaging and interesting it doesn't bog itself down by being overly heavy or overly screamy there's always just something different coming in the next passage it's just like ah, oh, just great songwriting in general i think uh quintessence was another fantastic song i don't really have much more to add than that i think it's a nice transition from the, the more bone crunching first couple of tracks into this yeah. more strange eth- ethereal space where it's um setting you up for the the prog to come yeah because yeah. Oh, up, up to this point in the album it's it's fairly conventional even though it's got a plot to it yeah, yeah. Um, and I need to look up the lyrics to find out what's actually going on because I don't pay that much attention to it. Uh, <laughs> Demon skin being covered in fine mist, and um, yeah, I, I I totally forget what on earth is going on about. But he's freeing the quintessence. Okay. Um, 
it's so, something about going through a a weird portal back in time <laughs> to the mind of Rasputin. That's genuinely what it's about. Yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. That's uh, that's pretty mad. But uh, no, it doesn't I, really I, matter. It doesn't really. It matter. doesn't matter at all. But yeah, like you say, these first three tracks in particular are quite similar structure. They're they're very much the sort of I don't want to say pop song structure, but you know what I mean. It's verse, chorus, verse, chorus. We get a bridge and in the middle, and it's yeah. like yeah, it's it's made. It's but that's put doing it a disservice because the actual technicality of the instrumentation is just so interesting and wild and out there. It's it's really fun to listen to. And they pack a lot in. Like I, how many times did you listen to this album? Uh, a couple of times, two, two times, two, two times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> how many um, times have I listened? Two, two thousand probably. But there's, well, but there's, I think, but, but did but you find introduced that me as to you, this, right? Did you find that as you got onto your second play that, um, like, you were hearing different things you hadn't heard the first time, and there's quite a lot more to it in terms of intricacy and especially the absolutely, the, the, absolutely. Of the, the riffs and stuff. Well, my first listen was very much, uh, okay, I'm testing the waters here. I'm not making any notes just so far at the moment. I just want to see how I vibe with it and, and, and check, make, make sure that I, I'm, I'm, there's enough here for me to, to talk about. Um, and then second time, it was like a more studious sort of like, okay, I'm making notes, making time stamps and stuff when things really jump out at me. Um, and yeah, you do, you do start to pick apart the songs a lot more and it's just like, okay, there's, there's some really interesting moments here. And when we talk about verses and choruses on this record, there, are, there is so much to those verses and choruses. It's not a simple, okay, here's your riff that's going to follow for the entire chorus. There, it bends and does different things and it, it, they'll introduce little refrains and stuff that, 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 that make up that whole piece. But yeah, so that, I think that's, that's obviously where the progressive element comes in, but. If we move on to track four, <laughs> on, on the to the czar. So this yeah. one is actually like a four-part suite. It is four movements. You've got Usurper, Escape, Martyr, and Spiral. And up until the recording of this podcast, I had no idea which bit was which. So, yeah, there, the, where where the four bits fall in is the the first piece, the Usurper. That is the bit yep. with the the Don't Stay, Run Away um, yeah. lyric. That's the quieter bit. Then there's Escape. That's the heavy bit. Then yeah. Martyr is a very short bit around 6 minutes 50 when the heaviness cuts out for about 30 seconds. And yep. then Spiral is a heavy bit again with the line, he's spiraling up through the crack in the sky. That yes. So that's the kind of four main chunks of it. And I guess that makes it's sense. Kind of, it's, it's kind of like a re- return to Usurper, isn't it? Like as well. Like, yeah, you, a little you, you bit. Like a little a repeat bit, yeah. of, the, of the vocals from there. Um, so yeah, so this is just a behemoth <laughs> uh so we 11 minutes a massive prog metal thing you know four movements um oh i've got so many notes on this one so moody keyboard intro leads into a really off kilter vocal melody accompanied by some really suitable spacey guitar work um 346 uh we finally get the huge groovy riff that second part of escape basically a uh, great vocal melody to accompany it too uh, 505, uh, we get another massive groovy riff. I just, ah, oh, really enjoying just the guitar work on this one across the board, I think. Um, when, 
when Mastodon decide to knuckle down and go absolutely hell for leather, they, they don't have to turn up some amazing riffs. Um, and then seven minutes, we switch again to the sort of moodier refrain, and that's interrupted at 7.30 with another enormous groove, switches to a more moody space rock sequence, and it's punctuated with an absolutely epic solo. Um, just a hugely atmospheric and expansive song. Uh, the song rounds itself out with a return to this sort of usurper melodies from the start. Um, yeah, it's just easily the most progressive track on the album so far. It is an absolute beast of a thing. Um, it's, yeah, fantastic. Like, I, I, I can't praise it enough. Like, I, I just, it's, again, it's doing, it's expanding on ideas from the previous tracks, but actually, you know, giving them a little bit more room to breathe. Um, and not, not following this, the traditional sort of pop structure of, you know, verses and choruses, bridges and, and going back to a chorus again. It's, um, it, it's just a lot more of an interesting track to explore and it, it, it flows beautifully. It, it doesn't feel unnatural. It doesn't have like that sort of stop start weird tempo changes that we get in a lot of math core stuff. Um, it's, it's very much a case of like, okay, this sequence follows this sequence and it, and it, and it, and it very naturally flows into each other. Um, yeah, it's it's brilliant, isn't it? It's uh, an absolute album highlight. Well, you might very well think that I I couldn't possibly comment. So, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, I obviously agree. And yeah. um, I think so. We've talked a bit about um, Prague and, and various albums because I keep nominating them. And we've talked a bit about yeah. Dream Theater's um, approach to to Prague quite recently. Um, yeah, we've covered Tool before. Uh, here we've done Deer and Gray as well. Different yeah. approach yeah, during Gray have a very yeah, different yeah. approach. And um, this to me is an example of Prague done really well. Yeah, and the reason it's done really well because it, it justifies its own length. Uh, you get a really nice build up um, in the the usurper section, and then you get this yep. massive payoff about three forty five mm. um, with a really really good um, palm muted riff at about four yep. minutes in. It's yeah, partic- it's the second best riff on the album. Yep, um, the the first one well that'll that'll, that'll come later. Okay, um, it's okay. a, probably probably the second best riff on the album. Um, and again, yeah, the especially at the end when it gets heavy, when we're when we're spiraling up through the crack in the sky, you've got this massive solo with serious southern rock influences. It's like a sludgy yeah. freebird. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> it's no, it's, just it's, it's fantastic, so man. so good, and it and it doesn't outstay its welcome. It, it's a very fast eleven minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. No. No. I I agree completely. That's that's always the thing, isn't it? With 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 long songs, especially with progressive music as well. You you often find when people do it badly it's that horrible dirge where it's just like a single riff is being absolutely beaten to death for absolutely ages and it's like there's not enough um there's not enough to engage me the entire time you know like whereas this every every sort of musical passage in this just is there's just so much happening at any given point. It always keeps you engaged. It's always interesting. It's always fun to listen to. And like I say, it just, it flows together so wonderfully. Like it's, it's a, it's a real prog metal masterpiece. And this is not a long album. It's only 50 minutes. I know. It's the, crazy, isn't the it? The last it's album we did, songs, Corn's yeah. Untouchables, was much longer than this. Oh, both, yes, it was. Both in, yeah, yeah. both in literal length and the feeling of length. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so completely. And I think that's that's that, that's one of the interesting things about it. You think, oh, these tracks are 10 minutes. Oh, The Last Baron's 13 minutes long. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. But, but actually, it's not that long an album. It's only seven tracks. Yeah, no, this is the thing, isn't it? It's, again, it, uh, it it's weird when you think about songs like Divinations, which are genuinely quite short, 
um, they 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 fit. They have a place because the idea and the concept was was enough for that for that amount of time. And it's the same with the Tsar. It just it, regardless of what is on the opposite yeah. end of the spectrum being eleven minutes long, all the ideas are there, and it justifies its length entirely by being interesting and engaging the entire time. It's uh, and yeah, that's it. It's you just, haven't got the you haven't got the the sort of fluff tracks. Or the no, the, no. the the duff the duff there's n- there's no fat on this. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I I one of the things I was doing as I was making notes throughout this was give it putting a little thumbs up emoji next to the songs I liked, and uh, you'll be uh, pleased to know there are no songs I didn't like on this record. <laughs> seven seven <laughs> thumbs is that the yeah um, yeah is that how we're going to rate albums from now? <laughs> seven and seven thumbs. But it was just it was just good to track sometimes because we do we do find ourselves with records where sort of the back half kind of gets a bit flabby and a bit like oh yeah. you know we'll just pack something in there for the sake of having an extra track or whatever. This this didn't feel like that at all. There was there was never a time across this record where I was like, okay, we 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 could have we could have probably done without that. You know that 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 didn't have. But no, honestly, like everything just had cool ideas and justified its length or whatever. Um, not that a lot of these songs need to justify their lengths because they're not that long in the grand scheme of things, you know. Like mm-hmm. um, most of the tracks sort of average around five minutes, so um, yeah, it's 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 a good time. <laughs> Very approachable as prog metal albums go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so let's move into track five. Onto onto thumb five out of seven. Yeah. This is uh, Ghost of Corellia. <laughs> So this is about this is about half banger, isn't it? In it just, yeah. I get to get to roll out the little. Um, I don't know if you've heard it yet, but I've I've created a back off banger little jingle that I I, I throw in now. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> back half banger. But yeah, um, this is excellent. Yeah, it kicks off with another huge lead guitar melody, super expansive, sounds ma- massive. Get those lovely off kilter vocals again. It makes it very psychedelic. Um, yes. Big, big, big groove in the chorus. Absolutely love that thundering sort of stompy riff. Suitable use of like toms and bass drum to accompany it, which I thought was really cool. Uh, 240, we get another great thrashy riff. Really, really enjoyed that. Starts to get really heavy at this point in the song. Then we switch back to the sort of spacey lead guitar melody from the start. It's another proggy track that does a lot in its relatively short length, to be honest. It's, it's a really, really cool little song. Um, and yeah, it's it's weird to say at five minutes twenty four, this is a cool little song, <laughs> but it doesn't feel like it's a, a a particularly long song at all. It, it's just cool ideas the entire time, always engaging. Um, yeah, I loved it. It's really cool stuff. Look, I think um, I think that's fair. It's a cool little song because <laughs> it, it's a lot because it is a lot shorter to change of pace after the czar. Um, yeah, absolutely. As you said. Lovely, lovely riff in the intro. I don't think we've talked mm. enough about how great the drums are in this album. This yeah, is a- this is the thing. I think they kind of get lost in the mix a little bit. That's the that's the one thing I'd say that maybe there, there's a little bit of a um, a negative against is that the drum performance itself is absolutely fantastic and really technical and interesting. Got these lovely sort of like 
fills where it sort of like flows across the kit and it just it all it sounds so nice together it's you can tell uh that's a trained jazz musician on the drums like it's not traditional metal drumming it's not like heavy use of double bass and you know snappy snare drum all the time you know it's 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 very much a sort of more organic drumming sound which is really cool but like i say it does kind of get sort of lost in the mix ever so slightly i think the guitars are very much a lot higher and crunchier in the mix um yeah. and the vocals and think, in particular uh, like i think that's probably fair and if you think about other mastodon albums um tracks like uh, iron tusk off leviathan are mm. are drum driven tracks yeah, you open yeah with totally. those huge big drum fills I think the drums are much more like prevalent than Leviathan. They're much more in your face. Uh, tracks yeah. like uh, the Mother Load off Once More Around the Sun. Mm. Another very heavy on the drums. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of track. Uh, it's one of the things I really love about Mastodon is that, that Brand's an exceptional drummer. It's a very yeah, very yeah. unique sound um but i think that's i think that's fair for this album that the, the drums aren't as prominent in the mix not to say it's badly mixed just that no 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 on this album they're not taking center stage the way they the way they often do and it's mm. the most impressive thing is that he does do the singing live while he's also clattering the drums and that is, so how that's does he do it does see. he does he does he use a headset or does he just sort of lean over into another mic oh i think he leans over yeah, which is I always find that very impressive. If a, if a drummer can continue to maintain the reach across a big kit and also sort of you know lean into a mic and and can and and maintain that sort of level of accuracy, I think that's that's quite an impressive thing to be able to I'm do. I'm gonna look. I'm looking it up. Um, don't see a microphone there. He leans over. He leans There's over. There's a picture of, of him in Wikipedia. Rock in in Park in 2014, which I think was around yeah. the time I saw them, and um, he is. Looks like he's leaning into a microphone and singing, or perhaps he's eating the sausage while he's playing <laughs> the drums. First. <laughs> oh, also, also quite an impressive task to be doing while you're wrong. Um, <laughs> Once more around yeah. the gums. <laughs> but um, no, no, I just I, I I did wonder because you know, like especially behind a kit to, to maintain melodies and not have like you know your movement affect your voice. I mean, it always it's always going to affect your voice to a to a level. To a certain like it's not as good. His his live singing is not quite as perfect as the albums. He does sound understandably because he's probably tired. singing into a studio yeah. mic on the album, and it's different. Yeah, you know, he doesn't, yeah but he's, doesn't uh, have that he's same crack. movement. No, so no, absolutely. Yeah. And I do um, wonder if like that's why the drumming isn't so prevalent on this one because obviously there's a there's a it's more of a message in this record. He is he is stepping out from you know his comfort zone and, and doing and doing vocals as well, and it obviously wanted those to be. You know, effective and 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 you know, he wanted to get a good performance out of his vocals, obviously. Um, so maybe that's just you know the drumming fits the music. You know, it it, it supports the the music that they've gone for. This is this is not a a tr more traditionally metal record. I think this is more of a progressive sort of alternative metal record. Um, so yeah, it, it it makes sense that the drums aren't so high in the mix and so punchy. And you you you, I think what they're trying to achieve here suits a lower sort of drum mix um yeah it's it's just it's well done it's it's they've really considered what they're doing here the only thing um, i would say about ghost of corelli compared to some of the others is i do feel like it loses a little bit of momentum in the later half of the track okay, not enough to okay. ruin it completely but mm. the the sludgier breakdown yeah i feel like yeah. we didn't need to hear that twice and that for me Fair enough. make and that and that for me it, it Whenever I hear it, I always love the opening riff and get really excited, and I forget yeah. 
that they that it, it does drag a little bit in the end. Not enough to not enough to ruin it completely or silly the album, obviously. No, no. But no. um I do think it is probably one of the weaker tracks. Okay. Um uh, speaking of weaker tracks, um the next <laughs> track is the title track, It's Crack the Sky. So speaking of weaker tracks, oh my well, god! Well, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I do really like the the guitar intro. Really nice yeah. opening riff that repeats throughout the track. It's very mm. weird and proggy. It's got yeah. weird robot vocoder voices in the middle. And <laughs> I, I think it's weaker in the context of what some of the other tracks are like. And yeah, yeah. This one to me, because I know what's coming, is almost like an interlude before the final track. But it's okay, okay. probably one of the heaviest, sludgiest tracks in the album. This is the one with mm. Scott Kelly from Neurosis and Guest Vocals. Yeah, yeah. Never listened to a Neurosis album, um, but he definitely brings the heat and the growls even more than Brent Hines does. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I think I did I did I did notice that this was definitely one of the heavier tracks on the record. But I do really like that atmospheric sort of moody lead guitar melody to kick things off. Um but yeah, then we get that big crunchy sort of Gajira like groove again. A lot of screaming on this one as well, but it offsets it with a nice little sung refrain. It sort of like switches between the two through the verses. Um three minutes we get a big spacey breakdown again, accompanied by a really lovely atmospheric solo. Um, and then 4.15, we get another chunky groove. Uh, just, yeah, I, I had a great time with Crack the Sky. I think it's a fantastic song. Um, dare I say another back-off banger. <laughs> um, you, you could say that. I, I mean, I guess it depends on the definition of the back-half banger. My, yeah, yeah. my quintessential back-half banger is um, Soul on Fire off Hymns Love Metal, and it has to be yeah, of a I certain pace. So this is a, this is a, a back-half crusher. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, this is definitely more of a stompier, yes. groovier So to track, me, it does yeah. not have the. It, to me, it does not have the get up and dance tempo that makes yeah, it a back yeah. half banger. But I don't think yeah. we've ever quantified it in that way. Um, so, no, that's uh, fair. That's fair. So if you if you call the back half banger, you can use your jingle twice. I don't mind. <laughs> um, it, it does have a really good solo around the four minute and eighteen mark. You, you've yeah, noticed yeah. that I've become much more prescriptive with the timestamps, so Lewis can get it into the show. Uh, but, but precisely around four minutes and eighteen seconds, there's a yep. great solo. Yeah, no, I've 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 definitely made the same timestamp myself, although maybe a little bit earlier. But um, yeah, no, I, I I very much enjoy Crack the Sky. I can see why it was the title track. Um, but I think that's more based on the theming of the record, like you say. I think this one obviously directly refers to to Sky and her passing and stuff. So yeah, well, this is the that's the chorus. You know, I can see the pain; it's written all over your face, and mm. um, that's that's sort of the refrain in the chorus. But this is definitely one of the more personal ones that doesn't really yeah. have it, it's it's not so much about the the, the, the plot of the weird yeah, yeah. thing yeah um it's um it's very it's very different mm, no totally okay then we're moving into the last track this is the last, the last baron the last 
Baron. just a good name for a song oh isn't it just even, I, even without hearing it you know we'll win for something here this is the longest track yeah, it's yeah. called the last baron this is about gonna be you know von richthofen like what are we gonna get what are we gonna get here <laughs> and it's a very progressive slow burnt intro not yeah not too dissimilar to the czar it doesn't have the keyboards um no yeah i agree key, there's a lot of weird lyrics about setting the world ablaze and uh, magical crystals. Uh, yes, oh, oh, uh, some of the lyrics include um, faltering footsteps, dead end path. All that I need is this wise man's staff encased in oh, crystal. He leads mm. the way. I guess they'd say we could set the world ablaze. <laughs> um, Sounds very, very so this is where progressive we get, and interesting. Yeah, this is where they're, they're hitting the bongs and it's really getting quite strange. <laughs> um, but... Did you where where did you think this was going? Where where did you yeah. where did you where did you think this was going when you heard the first couple of minutes? You like is this really how they're going to finish this? Yeah, I I I assumed it was going to pick up because just across every other track on this record, it's like okay, we've had moody, spacey moments, right? But they've they've ne- they've never you know they've never done an entire track of that you know it, it, it's there, there's a lot there's a lot to this the music on this and the song structures in general are very interesting and yeah it, as much as yeah it was a good like two minutes or ten seconds or so before instrumentation really sort of picked up i'd say as well the the introduction of this one is actually probably the most acoustic i suppose across the record yeah. you don't really hear a lot of electronic instruments until that around that two minute 18 i've got as my as my mark and then we get a big lead guitar melody instrumentation starts to get more electric um and then the three minutes the music actually gets a lot more frenzied and the pace picks up um and yeah then then you know you've pulled me in you've you got me back again it's like and not not that i wasn't enjoying the introduction it was more just a case of like okay so we're gonna this is the last track we're gonna have a slow build and do something a little bit more interesting we haven't we haven't explored acoustic sounding instruments on this on this record so far so we get a little bit of that before things pick up um yeah once it starts to get more frenzied, it gets again. It's one of those things where it's like you wouldn't expect the last track to be one of the heaviest, but <laughs> there are moments <laughs> of this song where it's like, well, this is really heavy. Now um, oh, I'm very much enjoying it. Five nineteen, I've got. There's a guitar does something mm-hmm. really interesting. Getting this sort of Asiatic sound kind of permeating the music now, um, which I thought was a really fun little introduction. Six minutes, we get a very mathy sort of freeform refrain. You can hear that sort of jazz influence on their music. Uh, yes, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a really strange. It is. Yeah, that, that's yeah. probably the proggiest bit in the album. That yeah, that sounds like a rush yeah. kind of sign to it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree completely. Yeah, no, definitely. And you can hear sort of like a dream theater influence as well. Um, so yeah, no, uh, eight twenty. There's a time change, and we get this really sort of funky riff. I love that. I thought that was a really a fun introduction. Something right. again so, different. You're always introducing something. So cool. we need to talk about this. We need to talk about this riff because okay. it's probably one of my favorite guitarists of all time. And yeah, and I, 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 it's a really good use of a of a slide as well as palm muting. Okay. I was looking on YouTube to see, you know, what does that actually look like when someone's playing yeah. it? And 
I searched YouTube for like Last Baron playthroughs and the video was called How to Play That Sick Riff in The Last Baron. <laughs> so that is like, that's a, that's an info, even by Mastodon standards, that's a Everybody's picking up on good, that one. Yeah, notoriously yeah. good riff. Uh, it's, mm. it, it, it's so good. I think that's, yeah. I, I think that, that small bit is probably my favorite individual bit in the album. Yeah, yeah. And it comes no, like no. three minutes before the end. It, it really does stand out, doesn't it? Yeah. And then at 9.20, we sort of get like a reprise of the first section. We sort of return to that original sort of like spacey, acoustic-y uh, introduction. Um, and then the album closes with just one of the best solos I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> at 11 <Yeah>. minutes 30. <laughs> that's ridiculous to say. 11 minutes yeah. 30, there's a fantastic solo to close the song. Wow. Okay, that's just cool. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's, um, it's amazing, isn't it? That, like, um, oh. you think, oh, well, they're going back to the setting as world base. That must be it. Presumably that's the end of the album. It's like, no, 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 we're going to, we're going to blow the doors off. You finish. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's oh, just excellent stuff. Like again, it it's so incredible to me that a band like Mastodon, who I wouldn't say would were traditionally known for long songs, can effectively do long songs so well. Like the both both of the tracks on this album, this is the Czar and like the Last Baron, are just so engaging, so interesting, so full of ideas. The entire length, I was just like, wow, that's that's really impressive. And then you can do you know three minute tracks like divinations and they're just they're just as good <laughs> like they're just oh it's yeah like uh, no weakness across this record at all I, I i didn't i didn't come away thinking like uh you know, we could have done without that or you know like that's that song was a little bit too much but no it's like seven tracks 50 minutes all bangers um yeah, I think Crack the Sky is one of the best things you've introduced me to, Alan. I think this is a, a fantastic record, and I'm, I'm so just, glad uh, to have discovered it via this means of this podcast. So, yeah. I, I can't get the smile off my face. I'm so, so yeah, happy that yeah. you're happy with it. I think no, the, the, only things that, the only thing that I had in my notes that you didn't cover, which wasn't much, is um, hmm. around the three minutes ten, when you get the... And you get the yeah. massive drum rolls and the fast shredding riff. Um, hmm. The backing vocals in that are weird. They're quite subtle, yeah. but it sounds like howling dogs. It, it reminded me of Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> <laughs> it is strange. It's very low in the mix, but it is weird. I just thought, mm. I'd, just thought I'd highlight that. But yeah, that's a strange yeah. no, no. thing that I only heard when I listened to this podcast. Like, what am I listening to? Maybe it's something um, I missed through my, my, my first two, something to come back to. Yeah, yeah. No, I just... Oh, what a dense, interesting, cool record. Like It's just really, really fun. Um, oh, yeah, I just, I, so this is why, like, doing this podcast is so fun. Like, I, I think we've done it a few times recently where we've all been, where we've both been kind of picking things where it's like, okay, here's a band I haven't explored. I need someone to guide me through. Like, let, let's, let's try and do it this way instead. I think we very much started this podcast with the idea of like, oh, you know, we both approach our heavy music from different angles and maybe we don't agree on everything. And that, that's where the, that's where the interesting discussion comes from, right? You know, like we're not quite vibing with the same thing. But now, now as we've as we've done this for so however many years, it's just nice to be able to like, okay, here's an opportunity for me to discover a band, and 
I've got someone who can lead me through it. So yeah, <laughs> um, it's been it's been absolutely gorgeous to be able to finally discover Mastodon and find something as good as this. You know, like I just yeah, I, I didn't think there was a bad track on this at all. I was having a great time. But what was my favourite track? <laughs> uh, oh okay. Um, to 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 go on for your final thoughts before your final tracks. Like for me, this one mm. look, there's a reason this one's in my top three. Um, yeah. I think you can't go wrong with most Mastodon albums, but I think this one yeah. really does stand above it. Um, it's really heartfelt and yet over the top and wacky. Yeah. It's got amazing riffs. Pretty much every song individually stands on its own. It's just wicked. It's just a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is. It, it is, is fantastic. It is, it is so good. And mm. uh, I was just looking through the Metal Storm ratings. I was like, wow. The only album that... Uh, so the only album that um, scored above it in 2009 was um Stone's Rage. And it's wow, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I, could, I could see how that would be a tough. I wouldn't want to pick between those two. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, what a what a, a terrific album. Um, mm. So your favorite track, I think, was ooh, probably Divinations. Hey, straight in there. Good man, good straight man. There. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if, you know... I make punk music that very, very rarely breaks two minutes, so uh, it's always going to be the shortest track, I guess. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I just start with what is the heaviest? What's the heaviest track? Uh, what, what, what can I mostly lose moshing to? Yeah, uh, for you though, maybe the czar. Oh look, <laughs> it's like it's like picking a favorite child. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's always going to come back to Oblivion think you know okay. what's yeah, what's yeah. a track from crack the sky are they gonna roll my coffin into the incinerator you know what, <laughs> okay, what are they gonna what are they gonna play at the crematorium yeah and yeah. um and, and it's, it's probably gonna be that one <laughs> yeah no it's, it's a, partly it's a, because it's a i like the macabre like... humor of being of being ruled in either oblivion or the, um, or uh last way from might run because that also amuses me like game over credits music something something like that um so i think for me it's probably oblivion but look at but on any given day um i've been enjoying the czar more and more in these re- yeah. past couple of replays love the last baron love yeah. divinations um mm. it's just just so much to like so much yeah to like. no no, I, 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 there's not a bad choice to be honest with you with this record. To be honest, like I mean, you could make maybe an argument that Ghost of Corellia and Crack the Sky aren't as interesting as the other songs, maybe. But um, I just I think they're great songs as well. So I would not I would not decry anybody for picking them as favourites. So yeah, really good stuff. Further listening then, Alan. Oh Jesus! Look, the the Mastodon discography for you. <laughs> um, there's, there's so much to there's so much to unpick. I think. I think based on what you have have liked about it and and some of the the shorter harder songs, yeah, you might find something like um, "Once More Around the Sun" really interesting. It, it's actually okay. it's probably not one of their best regarded ones, but I really love that because it is it's a little bit poppier. Um, okay, but I think it's like wall to wall bangers. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas the the heavier proggier stuff is probably something like "Hushed and Grim." Um, yep. Or even uh, even Blood Mountain, okay. um, but uh, you, you pretty much listen to all. It. The, the, I think my least favorite Mastodon album is probably probably The Hunter. Okay, I think it's probably their weakest one. Even though even yep. though Black Tongue is a really really good track, I think it's yeah, yeah. probably their probably their weakest. Uh, but apart mm. from Remission, which I, I've listened to so little that I, I wouldn't even want to officially rate it. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think The Hunter is probably the weakest. I think Emperor of Sand. Although it has a really, really good opening track, it's probably 
doesn't leave a lasting impression. Right, but, okay, yeah. But all the others are, are really quite good. And Hushed and Grim is so new in a double album that I don't feel like I've really fully yeah. absorbed that one yet. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's that's, a, that's a lot of music. Yeah. Rankings. Um, and obviously Leviathan's really good too. Um, mm. But but as you say, it's a different album. It's it's all hands to the tiller. Um, yeah, yeah. It's you know, I mean, it's the, the only the only the only reason to pick uh, Leviathan for this podcast would have been because it was really easy for me to do the show notes and just write White Whale Holy Grail in capital letters and leave it at that. <laughs> was have to think of something more amusing about us traveling up through the crack in the sky. So that is the only reason in which Leviathan. Would be, I suppose it would have been made for a cooler album art, but that's a bit it really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so further listening. So the first one's a bit of a cheat okay. because it has a Mastodon uh, member in it. Okay. Um, so I've kind of got, I've got three, but I, I'm kind of including that this one's like a, again two and a half, um, which is uh, Killer Be Killed, and the album's called hey, The Lucky Zero. Oh, so Killer Be, love so Killer Killer Be, Be Killed, Killed is a. Uh, have you got a Killer Be Killed in further recommendations? Um, uh, no, no, I haven't. I haven't so, picked it, but no, so I love that record. Killer Be Killed's Reluctant Hero. Um, I think so. It's got Troy Sanders, so it's obviously reminiscent of Mastodon. I think some of the tracks on that, particularly Left of Center, are very, very Mastodony. Yeah, very, yeah. very Mastodonian um, in style, and and I have that kind of again crushing like divinations feel to it with good sing along yeah. choruses. Quite, quite pop. They're almost pop metal. They're very. Yeah, it's more yeah. accessible. It's probably the word I'm looking for. Um, so that Reluctant so Hero is the second album, album, isn't it? Because I don't think I've heard that yet. I've only heard the debut. So yeah, debut album's the one with like, uh, was it called Feathers of Wax or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feathers of Wax and something. Yeah, yeah. I know what you Feathers mean. Feathers of Wax and something. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, Reluctant Hero is there. The second one. Yes, um, I, I do need to get around it's to very that. Fun. I need to get around to their first album, and you need to get into their second album. There we go. There we go. Well, that's um, that's obviously something so we need two, to trade. Two real recommendations. Uh, the first one is by Intronaut, and the album's called Fluid Existential Inversions. Um, okay. So this is um, proggy, mathy sludge metal. Yep. And um, has uh, the uh, the best uh, lyric in an album I've heard in recent years. Uh, it's um, I need. I'm going to look it up so I don't misquote it. Okay. Um, and the and while I look that up and, and horribly type into the uh, into the keyboard, <laughs> the other album choice, um, the other album choice is a band called Moontooth and it's called Crux. Um, so Moontooth is more of a it's got more of a rock and roll feel to it. Um, okay, it's a really interesting album and they're they're quite new. They've got a new album coming out this year. Um, okay. but yeah, it's just a good good barnstorming hard rock heavy metal feel, a bit mm. more. Um, yeah, just a bit, again a bit more poppy. It's not it's not quite the same thing. Um, it's okay, just yeah. uh, just a lot of fun. Okay, so the then the lyric um, the song's called Cubensis or fluid. Okay, this is the intro versions, yeah. and the chorus is um, the things you've seen all melt in your mind. Drink of the liquid and discard the rind. Hey, that's a that's a that's a cracking lyric. <laughs> so good. It's it's really weird stonery, but very heavy fun fun music. Um, and good and stuff, good stuff. great great band and I think yeah that's that's probably the closest I could come to a recommendation off the back of Mastodon without more Mastodon because I do feel like they've, they're quite a unique um, yeah quite, no, a, quite a unique sound no one really blends that kind of southern rock plus sludge plus yeah. pop and accessibility in a way you could throw on a Mastodon track and pretty much anyone go oh that's pretty good actually oh, I, yeah, I begrudgingly yeah, yeah. accept it's good oh yeah um, <laughs> so I, don't, I think there's it, it's a really tough band to do further listening without cop-outs like Kill or Be Killed which is good yeah, yeah. but that's cheating that's cheating I get you I get you completely but yeah 
Um, as for myself, um, I picked a couple of British ones. Um, so I've got uh, Boss Keloid and their album Melted on the Inch. Um, this is sludgy progressive metal and uh, very much reminded me heavily of Mastodon. And I actually listened to it again post listening to Crack the Sky and I was like, oh yeah, Boss Keloid definitely likes Mastodon. <laughs> nice to be, uh, to, 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 to confirm that the pick was the right choice. But yeah, no, you can definitely hear the Mastodon influence on their music quite a lot. I uh, really, really enjoyed Melody on the Inch. I think it's a fantastic record. It came off the back of. They released an album called Herb Your Enthusiasm, which is a fantastic name for a record. Um, but as you can imagine, that is pretty stoner as it goes. And it doesn't have an awful lot of ideas by comparison. But Melted on the Inch, uh, a lot more interesting. Um, just a really, really interesting record to listen to. And again, long songs that justify their length. They do a lot in, the, in, the, in their time. And it's a really good, good fun listen. The other one is Astro Henge and their second album, which is creatively called Two. Um, and it is an instrumental sort of space rock prog metal thing and it is just a load of fun really really good stuff um i have an awful lot of good fun with that record it's a lot more um intense the songs are all quite short i think it's over and done with in about half an hour but um it's it it's engaging the entire time um it's heavy use of keyboards as well they have a keyboard player in the band and um that really helps sort of like with the add some melody to the tracks and and add all these nice little key flourishes um but it also has one of my favorite album covers of all time it is a giant Marshall stack shaped like a piece of Stonehenge coming down to invade the earth. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. That's what exactly. And the, once you hear the opening track, it's like, oh yeah, I can, I can, I can envision what you're trying to, trying to sell me here. <laughs> um, but yeah, really, really good fun. And again, definitely hit this sort of like spacey, progressive sort of, um, sound that, 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 um, that this record, uh, Crack the Sky, also had. So yeah, those were my you know, picks. One, uh, one thing that I didn't write down, but is actually not an interesting and probably an influence on Mastodon is Cynic. Mm, um, yeah, no, that's a good shout, actually. I think with uh, with Focus, like tracks like Veil of Maya, also that weird vocoder, like, okay, yeah. Cynic obviously has uh, insane drumming and, um, and, and fretless bass. Yeah, very, yeah. very prominent use of fretless bass. Yeah. Um, so that does... Like it's not the same, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but it's kind of weird space rocky death metal. But I think you can yeah, hear yeah. some of the influences in albums like this. So absolutely, probably yeah, probably yeah. should have thought of that before. But I'll just be greedy mm-hmm. and do do four wrecks. <laughs> it's all good. Look, if we can guide people through, you know, further listening and introduce people to other bands, then that's all good as far as I, I'm concerned. That's that's good stuff. But yeah, we've come to the end. I that's considering that I was, you know, this is a prog metal record. I I I, I expected us to. To, to to go a lot longer than this today. <laughs> um, but it's yeah, because no, it's seven tracks. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Our it's... our um, our albums are our albums. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming soon. Our podcasts um, have uh, the length is proportionate to the number of songs. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. So essentially, if we had an album of thirty skits. That will be yeah. uh, four hours long. I guess the exception, the exception <laughs> being Saint Anger, but it does have a lot of tracks. It does a lot of tracks. Yeah. And that was a, we did have a guest a on that episode as well. We did so, have yeah. a guest on that, and that was that was therapy. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but it, I think um, yeah, because, because it's number of tracks is it, quite short. It actually does keep the podcast yeah. shorter. Hello, you know, yeah, you know, no, I keep going on about how short the podcast was. Maybe we'll maybe we'll stretch it out. 
yeah yeah well there we go but yeah thank you very much for listening as always um if you want to keep up with everything that we're doing castironshow.co.uk is the place to go um we have all our back catalog there and it's the best place to get things downloaded if you want direct access to the episodes but obviously we're available in all your favorite podcatchers apart from spotify because fuck them and also uh if you want to follow us individually i am at Cronkblatz on twitter alan is kind of on twitter but behind a you know a locked thing so um we'll, I- let, we'll leave him be we'll leave him be <laughs> look if you really if you really want to i'll probably accept the follow request but there, there was ain't gonna be much me, there to see right there were people fo- i just lurk and there's people who followed me maybe like six months to a year ago and first like why but i, but I did eventually accept the request like fine fine nothing, nothing to see here um exactly the, the, the most important ways yeah. to support the show as always yep. first way is to leave us a review in apple podcast but the most important is to share cast iron with a friend and spread the love there are yep. apple podcast analytics now i've not looked at them it could be five oh. people it could be five thousand i have no <laughs> idea but one surefire way to get that number up is to share us with a friend or two that love metal. Um, and as Liz says, you can find all our previous episodes on your favourite podcast app, except for Spotify, fuck them, or on castironshow.co.uk. And I also promised Lewis that I'm going to update the podcast artwork because, it's because <laughs> I did it a year ago on a day off. And Aww. I'll update the website now. I'm committing yeah, yeah. to well, you no, live, live on the show. One more thing I want to um, say as well. Um, I have guested on another music podcast, which will be coming in the next few months. Um, so it is a, another British uh, rock and metal podcast um, called Free With This Month's Issue. I gave them a shout because I thought the concept was so good that I was just like, oh, maybe I can uh, wrangle my way on a guest spot. And uh, yeah, they review the free cover compilations that come with magazines. Um, and I thought that was so good. I was just like, yes, please. Can I do the Kerrang high voltage cover record, please? And they were like, gladly. So yeah, so that will be coming soon. Um, and I think they're a great bunch of lads and they definitely deserve a little shout as well. So yeah, um, look forward to that very soon. Well- yeah, that's great. We'll get that link um, up on the website when it's due. Although I can't believe yep. I can't believe you're in another podcast. I feel like you're announcing you're having an affair on the air. Like, <laughs> okay, that's great. It was a guest spot. I'm not going to be there regularly. Don't. don't worry, I buddy. <laughs> but yeah, no, good lads, good lads. But yes, thank you very much as always for listening. We have been Cast Iron. This has been Mastodon's Crack the Sky, and we will see you next time. <laughs> Thank you.